Chapter 25 Jehu and Jezebel And in the fifth year of Joram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, Jehoshaphat, being then the king of Judah, Joram, the son of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, began to reign. Thirty and two years old was he when he began to reign, and he reigned eight years in Jerusalem. And he walked in the way of the kings of Israel, as did the house of Ahab. For the daughter of Ahab was his wife, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord. Yet the Lord would not destroy Judah for David his servant's sake, as he promised to give him always a light and to his children. In his days Edom revolted from under the hand of Judah and made a king over themselves. So Joram went to Zaar and all the chariots with him, and he rose by night and smote the Edomites which encompassed him about, and the captains of the chariots, and the people fled into their tents. Yet Edom revolted from under the hand of Judah unto this day. Then Libna revolted at the same time. The rest of the acts of Joram, and all that he did, are they not written in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Judah? And Joram slept with his fathers, and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. And Ahaziah, his son, reigned in his stead. In the twelfth year of Joram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, did Ahaziah, the son of Jerom, the king of Judah, began to reign. Twenty and two years old was Ahaziah when he began to reign, and he reigned one year in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Athala, the daughter of Omari, king of Israel. And he walked in the way of the house of Ahab, and did evil in the sight of the Lord, as did the house of Ahab. For he was the son-in-law of the house of Ahab. And he went with Joram, the son of Ahab, to the war against Hazal, king of Syria, in Ramoth-Gilad. And the Syrians wounded Joram. And king Joram went back to be healed in Jezreel of the wounds which the Syrians had given him at Ramah, when he fought against Hazal, king of Syria. And Ahaziah, son of Joram, king of Judah, went down to see Joram, the son of Ahab, in Jezreel, because he was sick. 2 Kings 8, verses 16 through 29. And Elijah, the prophet, called one of the children of the prophets, and said unto him, Gird up thy loins, and take this box of oil in thine hand, and go to Ramoth-Gilad. And when thou comest thither, look out there, Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, and go in, and make him arise from among his brethren, and carry him to an inner chamber. Then take the box of oil, and pour it on his head, and say, Thus saith the Lord, I have anointed thee king over Israel. Then open the door, and flee, and tarry not. So the young man, even the young man the prophet, went to Ramoth-Gilad. And when he came, 
Behold, the captains of the host were sitting, and he said, I have an errand to thee, O captain. And Jehu said, Unto which of all of us? And he said, To thee, O captain. And he rose and went into the house, and he poured the oil on his head and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I have anointed thee king over the people of the Lord, even over Israel. And thou shalt smite the house of Ahab thy master, that I may avenge the blood of my servants the prophets, and the blood of all the servants of the Lord at the hand of Jezebel. For the whole house of Ahab shall perish, and I will cut off from Ahab him that pisseth against the wall, and him that is shut up and left in Israel. And I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and like the house of Baasha, the son of Ahijah. And the dogs shall eat Jezebel in the portion of Jerazal, and there shall be none to bury her. And he opened the door and fled. Then from Jehu came forth the servants of his Lord, and one said unto him, Is all well? Wherefore came this mad fellow to thee? And he said unto them, Ye know the man and his communication? And they said, It is false. Tell us now. And he said, Thus and thus spake he to me, saying, Thus saying the Lord, I have anointed thee king over Israel. And then they hasted and took every man his garment and put it under him at the top of the stairs and blew with trumpets, saying, Jehu is king. So Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, conspired against Joram. Now Joram had kept Ramath Gilad, he and all Israel, because of Hazal, king of Syria. But King Joram was returned to be healed in Jerzal of the wounds which the Syrians had given him when he fought with Hazal, king of Syria. And Jehu said, If it be your minds, then let none go forth nor escape out of the city to go tell it in Jerzal. So Jehu rode in a chariot and went to Jezreel, for Joram lay there. And Uzziah, king of Judah, was come down to see Joram. There stood a watchman on the tower of Jezreel, and he spied the company of Jehu as he came, and he said, I see a company. And Joram said, Take a horseman and send to meet him, and let him say, Is it peace? So there went one on horseback to meet him, and said, Thus saith the king, Is it peace? And Jehu said, What hast thou to do with peace? Turn thee behind me. And the watchman told, saying, The messenger came to them, but he cometh not again. And then he sent a second out on horseback, which came to them and said, Thus saith the king, Is it peace? And Jehu answered, What hast thou to do with peace? Turn thee behind me. And the watchman told, saying, 
And it came even unto them, and cometh not again. And the driving is like the driving of Jehu, the son of Nimshi, for he driveth furiously. And Joram said, Make ready. And his chariot was made ready. And Joram, king of Israel, and Azahiah, king of Judah, went out, each to his chariot. And they went out against Jehu, and met him in the portion of Naboth, the Jezreelite. And it came to pass, when Joram saw Jehu, that he said, Is it peace, Jehu? And he answered, What peace? So long as the whoredoms of thy mother Jezebel and her witchcrafts are so many. And Joram turned on his hands and fled, and said to Azahiah, There is treachery, O Azahiah. And Jehu drew a bow with his full strength and smote. Jerome between the arms and the arrow went out at his heart and he sunk down in his chariot then Jehu said to Bidkar his captain take up and cast him in the portion of the field of Naboth the Jezreelite for remember how that when I and thou rode together after Ahab his father the Lord had laid his burden upon him surely I have seen yesterday the blood of Naboth and the blood of his sons, saith the Lord. And I will requite thee in this plot, saith the Lord. Now therefore, take and cast him onto the plot of ground according to the word of the Lord. But when Azahiah, the king of Judah, saw this, he fled by the way of the garden house. And Jehu followed after him and said, Smite him also in the chariot. And they did so at the going up to Gur, which is by Ibling. And he fled to Megiddo and died there. And his servants carried him in a chariot to Jerusalem and buried him in his sepulcher with his fathers in the city of David. And the eleventh year of Joram the son of Ahab began Uzziah to reign over Judea. And when Jehu had come to Jezreel, Jezebel heard of it. And when she painted her face and tired her head and looked out at a window, and as Jehu entered in the gate, she said, Had Jimmery peace who slew his master? When he lifted up his face to the window and said, Who is on my side? Who? And there looked out to him two or three eunuchs. And he said, Throw her down. So they threw her down, and some of her blood was sprinkled on the wall and on the horses, and he trode her underfoot. And when he was come in, he did eat and drink, and said, Go see now this cursed woman and bury her, for she is a king's daughter. And they went to bury her, but they found no more of her than the skull and her, the feet and the palms of her hands. Wherefore they came again and told him, and he said, This is the word of the Lord, which he spake by his servant Elijah the Tishbite, saying, In the portion of Jezreel shall dogs eat the flesh of Jezebel. And the carcass of Jezebel shall be as dung upon the face of the field in the portion of Jezreel, so that they shall not say, This is Jezebel, two kings, nine. 1 through 37.
And Ahab had 70 sons in Samaria, and Jehu wrote letters and sent to Samaria and unto the rulers of Jezreel and to the elders and to them that brought up Ahab's children, saying, Now as soon as this letter cometh to you, seeing your master's sons are with you, and there are with you chariots and horses, a fenced city also, and armor, look even out the best of and the meetest of your master's sons, and set him on his father's throne, and fight for your master's house. But they were exceedingly afraid, and said, Behold, two kings stood not before him. How then shall we stand? And he that was over the house, and he that was over the city, and the elders also, and the bringers up of children, said to Jehu, saying, We are thy servants. We will do all thou shalt bid us. We will not make any king. Do thou which is good in thine eyes. And he wrote a letter the second time to them, saying, If ye be mine, and if ye will hearken unto my voice, take ye the heads of the men of your master's sons, and come to me, Jezreel, by tomorrow this time. Now the king's sons, being seventy persons, were with the great men of the city which brought them up. And it came to pass, when the letter came to them, and they took the king's sons, and slew seventy persons, and put their heads in a basket, and sent them to Jezreel. And there came a messenger, and told him, saying, They have brought the heads of the king's sons. And he said, Lay them in two heaps at the entering of the gate until morning. And it came to pass in the morning that he went out and stood and said to all the people, Ye be righteous. Behold, I conspired against my master and slew him. But who slew all these? Know now that there shall fall unto the earth nothing of the word of the Lord, which the Lord spake concerning the house of Ahab. And the Lord hath done which he had spake by his servant Elijah. So Jehu slew all that remained of the house of Ahab and Jezreel, and all the great men, and his kinfolks, and his priests, until he left him none remaining. And he rose and departed and came to Samaria. And as he was at the shearing house in the way, Jehu met with the brethren of Azahiah, the king of Judah, and said, Who are you? And they answered, we are the brethren of Azahiah. And we go down to salute the children and the king and the children of the queen. And he said, Take them alive. And they took them alive and slew them at the pit of the shearing house, even two and forty men. Neither left he any of them. And when he departed thence, he lighted on Jehonadab, the son of Rechab coming to meet him, and he saluted him, and he said to him, Is thine heart right, as my heart is with thy heart? And Jehonadab answered, It is. If it be, give me thine hand. And he gave him his hand, and he took him up into the chariot. And he said, Come with me, and see my zeal for the Lord. So they made him ride in his chariot. And when he came to Samaria, he slew all that remained unto Ahab in Samaria, 
until he had destroyed him, according to the saying of the Lord, which he spake to Elijah. And Jehu gathered all the people together, and said unto them, Ahab had served Baal a little, but Jehu shall serve him much. Therefore call unto me the prophets of Baal, all his servants, and all his priests. Let none be wanting, for I have a great sacrifice to do to Baal. Whoever so shall be wanting, he shall not live. But Jehu did it in subtly, to the intent that he might destroy the worshippers of Baal. And Jehu said, Proclaim a solemn assembly for Baal. And they proclaimed it. And Jehu sent through all Israel, and all the worshippers of Baal came, so that there was not a man left that came not. And they came unto the house of Baal, and the house of Baal was full from one end to another. And he said unto him that was over the vestry, Bring forth vestments for all the worshippers of Baal. And he brought forth them vestments. And then Jehu went, and Jenanadab, the son of Richab, in the house of Baal, said unto the worshippers of Baal, Search, and look that there be here with you none of the servants of the Lord, but the worshippers of Baal only. And so when they went in to offer sacrifices and burnt offerings, Jehu appointed fourscore men without, and said, If any of the men whom I have brought into your hands escape, he that letteth him go, his life shall be for the life of him. And it came to pass, as soon as he had made an end of offering to the burnt offering, that Jehu said to the guard and to the captains, Go in and slay them, and let none come forth. And they smote them with the edge of the sword, and the guard and the captains cast them out, and went into the city of the house of Baal. And they brought forth the images of the house of Baal, and they burned them. And they brake down the image of Baal, and they brake down the house of Baal, and they made it a distraught house unto this day. Thus Jehu destroyed Baal out of Israel. Howbeit from the sins of Jeroboam to the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin, Jehu departed not from after them, to wit, the golden calves were in Bethel, and that were in Dan. And the Lord said to Jehu, Because thou hast done well in executing what is right in mine eyes, and hast done unto the house of Ahab according to all that was in mine heart, Thy children of the fourth generation shall sit on the throne of Israel. But Jehu took no heed to walk in the law of the Lord, God of Israel, with all his heart. For he departed not from the sins of Jeroboam, which made Israel to sin. In those days the Lord began to cut Israel short, and Hazel smote them in all the coasts of Israel. From Jordan eastward, all the land of Gilead, the Gadites, and the Reubenites, and the Massonites, from Aror, which is the river Arnon, even Gilan and Bashan. Now the rest of the acts of Jehu, 
and all that he did, and all his might, are they not written in the chronicles of the kings of Israel? And Jehu slept with his fathers, and they buried him in Samaria. And Jehoaz, his son, reigned in his stead. And the time of Jehu reigned over Israel in Samaria was twenty and eight years. Two kings, ten, verses one through thirty-six. When Elijah was called by God through Elijah, one of his future tasks was to anoint Jehu to be king over Israel. This, like the calling of Hazal, was a judgment on Israel, not a step in its redemption. 1 Kings 19, 15, and 17. And the people would learn nothing from God's judgment. Now, many years later, the time had come for Jehu's anointing and rule, and at the same time, Ahab's seed ruled in Judah also. Because its king, Jerom, the son of Jehoshaphat, was married to a daughter of Ahab, 2 Kings 8, 16-18, both Edom and Libnath revolted against Judah. So Jerom's son, Ahaziah, inherited a diminished realm. Ahaziah ruled only one year, walking in the ways of the house of Ahab, Second Chronicles 22, verse 3. And then he was killed by Jehu while visiting his uncle Joram, the king of Israel, who had the same name as his father. Azahiah's mother, Ahab's daughter, Athalah, was a particularly evil woman. After her son's murder, to retain power as queen mother, she destroyed all the royal seed, 2 Kings 11, verse 1, and began to reign circa 842 B.C. She reigned for six years until the priest Jehoda put the young Joash on the throne and Athaliah was killed. We have thus an era of treachery, assassinations, and apostasy. In this situation, Jehu was both a judgment on the house of Ahab and also on Israel. Elisha sent a young prophet to Ramoth-Gilad, to anoint Jehu. Being himself old and infirm, he used a young man. The young man anointed Jehu and set forth the predicted judgment. First, the entire house of Ahab would perish, and like Jeroboam's dynasty, disappear. Second, Jezebel, the architect of Ahab's policies, would be eaten by the dogs of Jezreel, with none to bury her. Third, while the prophet made it clear that Jehu was an instrument of judgment, no promises were made to Jehu other than he would be king. 2 Kings 9, verses 1 through 10. Subsequently, because of the limited good accomplished under Jehu, God gave to Jehu the promise that, quote, Thy children of the fourth generation shall sit on the throne of Israel. End quote. 2 Kings 10, verse 30. Despite the fact that Jehu, quote, took no heed to walk in the law of the Lord of God of Israel with all his heart, end quote, in fact, he continued the sins of Jeroboam I, which included propagation 
of the golden calf cult. 2 Kings 10.29 and 31. Jehu may have been hesitant by doing anything about his anointing as king. However, when Jehu came out of the house, his officers asked what, quote, this mad fellow, end quote, i.e. the prophet, had to say. Jehu first brushed off the question with the statement, quote, you know the man and his communication, end quote, 2 Kings 9.11. Perhaps the officers saw the oil of anointing still on Jehu's head, and they bluntly accused him of lying. Jehu then told the truth, and the men received it joyfully and proclaimed him king. Jehu and a company of men set immediately out for Jezreel, where the kings Joram and Uzziah were staying, concerned about their coming, but apparently wondering if there were news of Syrian plans. The two kings rode out to meet the fast-driving Jehu. Both were killed. Joram's, or Jerome's, body was thrown into the field of Naboth, the Jezreelite, by way of vengeance. Word of this revolution reached Jezebel. She prepared herself for death, and finely dressed greeted Jehu from a high window. She reminded him of the brief reign of the usurper Jemery, and Jehu ordered the eunuchs to throw Jezebel out the window to her death, which they did. Later, when the dogs finished with her, only her skull, feet, and hands remained. Two kings. 9, verse 30 through 37. Jehu then ordered the death in Samaria of Ahab's, quote, 70 sons, unquote. This number has a reference to the National Council of Elders. Later, the Sanhedrin was made up of the same number. Ahab's sons, and possibly grandsons, and other close male relatives, made up the ruling elite of Israel. Under pressure from Jehu, the elders of the cities of Jezreel and Samaria killed all the male seed of Ahab and sent their heads to Jehu. 2 Kings 10, 1-11 Then the brothers of Ezahiah of Judah were also killed, 42 men. 2 Kings 10, 12-14 A little later, Jehu pretending to be a devout follower of Baal, gathered together, quote, all the prophets of Baal, all his servants, and all his priests, end quote, for a great celebration, only to execute them to the last man, 2 Kings 10, 18-28, thereby destroying Baalism in Israel. In this respect, Jehu executed God's judgment. At the same time, all this represented, as God knew, only a conservative reaction, not a reformation or renewal. Jehu destroyed the new Baalism in favor of the older synchronism of the golden calf cult, a fertility religion. This cult had roots in Israel going back to Jeroboam I and before him the apostasy in Sinai. Jehu represented a conservative reaction, not a godly reformation. 
There was a measure of good to this, God acknowledged, 2 Kings 10, 29-31, but God also judged Jehu more severely for his apostasy in that, during Jehu's reign, there was a serious loss of territory. Moreover, we are plainly told that the Lord began to cut Israel short. 2 Kings 10, 32-33. Jehu was thus not given the limited measure of success that marked Ahab's reign. All of Israel's territories east of the Jordan River were overrun by Hazal. Jehu's submission to Shalamanser III is recorded by history, though it was not in the Bible. But this is apparently occasioned by serious threat. And a Syrian connection against Syria is hardly a triumph, particularly because it required submission to Assyria. The lost territories were later recovered by Jeroboam II, 2 Kings 14, 25, and 28. God had ordained the fall and death of Ahab's line, but this does not mean his approval of the means. Jehu was a judgment, as we have seen, on Ahab's dynasty and on Israel, and as such, was himself a part of the evil nation. In Hosea 1 verse 4, God declares, quote, I will avenge the blood of Jezreel upon the house of Jehu. End quote. Jehu could have abolished the golden calf cult and reestablished the pure worship of Jehovah. Had he done so, the temple in Jerusalem would again be central to worship. The division of the country endangered, and since Jehu had killed the kings of both Judea and Israel, it was singularly a good occasion to reunite the two realms. This Jehu had no desire to do. Since he was not of the Davidic line, and only a descendant of the house of David could rule from Jerusalem, Jehu had no desire to step aside for a Davidic king. Moreover, although Jehu gained the impetus to power from Elijah's school of prophets, he made no attempt to recognize the prophets, nor to heed them. The truth of these prophets was an uncompromising one, whereas Jehu's faith was a compromising one. Instead of the prophets, Jehu turned to the Rechabites, traditionalists. The Rechabites were ready to agree with Jehu's bloodletting, 2 Kings 10, 15-25, and took part in it. Their idea of a national renewal was to kill off the Baal worshippers, not to convert the peoples. The Rechabites were a good people, but the essence of their faith was to avoid the world, not to convert it. Accordingly, they could only approach it destructively. The bloodletting eliminated one set of evil men only to replace them with another. It destroyed one bad religion in order to reinstate another which was equally bad. Jezebel, a thorough pragmatist, was perceptive at the moment of death. She saw that violence breeds violence. While she may have rested previously in the claimed legitimacy of Ahab's line, the house of Omari, she knew at the last that Elijah, the prophet, had spoken the truth. She had seen Elijah's word fulfill in her husband's death, 1 Kings 
22, verse 37 and 38. Elijah's prophetic word from the Lord concerning Jezebel had been, quote, The dog shall eat Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel, end quote. 1 Kings 21-23 Jezebel had always hated Elijah and sought his death. 1 Kings 19-1-3 This prediction could not have endeared Elijah to her. Now at the end she must have remembered Elijah's words as she went proudly to her death. Her pride remains on paper in the Bible and her soul in hell. Baalism, the worship of power, was her creed, and she was faithful to it to the very end. It is fitting that Jehu was her executioner. Although he was a man who knew the truth of God, he was, like her, more in love with power than with the future of Israel under God. The reunion of Israel and Judea that the opportune moment had never been a consideration for him. As against these two, we have Rechabites, good people, but essentially useless. To avoid the world is to compromise with it. To leave politics to the professionals is to deny an obligation to apply God's word to every area of life and thought. 